Well, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of the Chris Carpenter Show. Hope everybody had a great week. I, I've had a whirlwind of a week. <laughs> um, tell you a little bit about it. So the plan for this at the beginning of this last week was we were supposed to be star testing uh, Thursday and Friday. And Wednesday, we find out that because of supply chain issues, um, we won't be testing Thursday and Friday. And so things got moved around. Um, because we, the plan was for, for us to test this week, I was going to be unable to attend my aunt's funeral in Florida. She was uh, Her funeral was going to be on Thursday the 5th. I was supposed to be testing. So when I found out we weren't going to be testing, I scrambled, found, a, found an airplane flight, got, got a sub for, for, you know, two and a half days of school and scrambled, got home, packed, hopped on a plane and got to Florida about 2, 2 a.m. on a Thursday morning. So kind of wild and wooly that that all worked out. Um, you know, I ended up, uh, but really got, you know, really ended up getting a good airplane deal on American Airlines. Um, so flew in um, Thursday morning, landed 2 a.m. Um, I didn't get to the hotel till about 3, where the hotel was at from the airport. Um, and then slept a few hours, got up. Um, my aunt's memorial service was at 11. And it was really, really great memorial service. Um, just... Uh, honored her life I think in a lot of in a lot of ways so it was really it was really good to be there to see family um, even on such a sad occasion and it's just uh, really wild how that worked out so um, ended up staying in Florida uh, through through uh, this morning and my flight was leaving at about 6 a.m so got up about three this morning. Uh, that would be Florida times. So that'd be two o'clock Texas time, and flew back to the great state of Texas. Got in about about nine forty-five this morning. Um, so really a whirlwind trip. Um, all the plane rides worked out well. I will say again, I've said this before on this podcast. I am not a fan of going to airports where you have to take a train to a different terminal and I had to do that uh, twice at DFW. I, I normally when I fly to Dallas I fly you know southwest and end up at, uh, going to Love Field and I like Love Field. Love Field's a nice size airport. Usually you have plenty of time when you're having to uh, switch planes and you know typically the gate you fly in is is fairly near to the gate that you you end up um, flying out of. So not so in DFW. Um, you know, Wednesday night we uh, we landed at about. By the time I got to the gate, I had about thirty five minutes to get to the my next gate. I was I was landed in uh, B terminal. I had to get to D terminal, which meant hop on the train. Halfway through the train, the train I was on was out of service. I had to hop off, wait for another train. Got there. Fortunately, was able to hop on the plane, and then today got. Uh, same thing, landed in C terminal, had to get to B terminal and, you know, got there with about eight minutes till boarding. So just kind of, I don't know, not, a, I'm just not a fan of, tra- of, of having to go from train to train to get it to a terminal, you know, make your airport smaller. That's why I like Love Field and Lubbock's airport. 
So, but uh, really uh, great trip, whirlwind trip, but, you know, it was definitely, you know, I'm so glad I got to go. So, but we're back, back in, back in Texas, back to business Monday, where we are testing next week. Um, say a little prayer for, for our students, and I'll talk about it again next week because my test, the social studies test, is it got moved all the way to next Monday. It's going to be the last test that they take. Um, I'm nervous about that part of it. I'm nervous about it being on a Monday. Um, so say a little prayer for, for my eighth graders, please, and I will mention that again next week. Um, so let's get to talk, let's get to some business. Lots to talk about. Uh, we got some ba- baseball news, basketball news. Um, don't have really any football news. So really just probably would be mostly baseball, basketball news. We'll get to our questions, listener questions, and then I will end with the Chris Carpenter tip of the week. So baseball, um, this is a pretty quiet week for baseball overall. Um, they had a Tuesday game against ACU, and they – Finally broke the midweek curse and was able to to get a win. Um, wasn't pretty, but when Birdsell and Morris Andrew Morris are not on the mound, it's not going to be pretty if they win. That's just we're just going to have to be content with that. Um, you know, this is this is a team that's got two very strong starting pitchers, and it's going to be patchwork quilt with the rest of the pitching staff and they were able to get it done on Tuesday against ACU. Certainly an important, important win. I think to keep you on the right side of, of the NCAA tournament conversation, you've got to follow it up with some, with some quality wins in the next two weeks against Oklahoma state and Oklahoma. They, um, Oklahoma state's going to be a tough series. Oklahoma state, I think is, is probably, clearly the the best team in the big 12 tech is not as good on the road as they are at home i think it's still doable to take two out of three though because andrew morris and and bertzel tend to still pitch well on the road and so if you can cobble together you know even uh i would say if you can cobble together at least one win I think two wins is very doable against Oklahoma State. I think you'll be in good shape, and then you come back home and you finish the regular season with Oklahoma. Again, if you get two out of three, Sunday's just the wild card. Sunday is the wild card. Who knows what? It's just it's a wild card. But if you get two out of three against Oklahoma, I think you're going to be in pretty good shape as far as being in the NCAA tournament postings out the window now you're kind of playing for for seeding trying to get yourself to be a, a two seed i've seen projections where they're a two seed in the coral gables regional i'm good with that that's where tech came out in their first world uh, college world series run in 2014 they came out of the coral gables regional um, i've also seen another projection which had them in the spokane regional as a three seed i think oregon was the number two seed and then obviously Gonzaga would be the one seed there. Uh, not as keen on that one, but you're gonna you're gonna have to travel for the regionals, and regionals is just gonna be a survival survive and advance type deal. You know, uh, this team because you've got two quality starting pitchers, you're built to win super regionals a lot better than a regional, and so it'll be interesting to see what happens 
with uh, Tim Tadlock's strategy in the regionals. And I think a lot of it will depend on how you perform in that game one of the regional. Because, you know, if you come out, you win game one with, uh, with uh, you know, Andrew Morris, you want to get to 2-0. 2-0, you know, even when you're the host of the regional. 2-0 is the goal in regional because you've now put the other team's Backs to the wall. You have mul- you will have multiple chances to get that get that third win in advance, and you make those other teams use a lot of pitchers where you can kind of sit back and relax. So I, th- I think that's what's going to be interesting to see. What is Tim Tadlock's strategy going to be? Does he, you know, maybe maybe he saves Birdsell and Morris Birdsell and Morris to a game two, game three scenario. And try and you know wing wing it through a game one against an opponent. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. But you know the the regional is going to be the hardest part of oh uh, that Tech can get through. I think if you get to a super regional, even on the road, I think you could potentially you know this team certainly still I think has a legitimate shot at Omaha. They also have a legitimate shot of flaming out these next two weeks and not even making the tournament. But you know we'll we'll we'll, we'll see what happens. But it's gonna it's gonna be a wild ride. Um, you know, you've got two, you've got two important series coming up these next back-to-back weekends that you've got to take care of business. And then, you know, hopefully you've got postseason in your future. So, uh, if it's been interesting to see the reaction of tech fans, you know, acting, <laughs> acting like this has just been a disaster of a season that it's over. Tadlock's lost his touch, all this nonsense, you know, again, I remember the Dan Spencer era, and let me let me remind people the Dan Spencer era. You know what Tech was struggling to do during that era? They were struggling even to make the Big Twelve tournament. Okay, that means you were finishing consistently in last place in the Big Twelve. So, for this to be a little bit of a of a down year for tech and you're you're probably still going to make the NCAA tournament it's it's a testimony to to the program that that Tim Tadlock has built here so i think fans tech fans have have just gotten spoiled they really have you know basketball same way i mean i remember the pat knight billy gillespie eras they weren't fun basketball so um you know, and hopefully we've we've been in such drought for so long in football. You know, if if Joey McGuire and I do think he will, if Joey McGuire is able to turn this around, and Tech is consistently going to bowl games, we're not going to turn our nose up at going to the Alamo Bowl or something. You know, come on, guys. <laughs> I mean, it's we we've been in the wilderness for ten years. I'm good with going to the Alamo Bowl. You know, so. Anyway, that's that's kind of the gist of what's going on with tech baseball, tech basketball. Um, you know, my last podcast, I kind of had breaking news at the end of it. Uh, it's when the whole McCuller stuff went down. Um, McCuller basically indicated he's not coming back to Texas Tech. If he comes back to college basketball, it's going to be Gonzaga or Kansas and a lot of tech fans were, I mean, they were pretty down on McCuller. Um, you know, I, I said it last week. I don't want him to go to Kansas. I would rather him go to Gonzaga. If he if he goes to Kansas, 
I'm going to boo him at the USA. Now, I saw some Tech fans basically comparing him going to Kansas to Beard. No. Two completely different scenarios. First of all, it, with with Beard, Beard not only left for a rival, but he, he, he basically tried to burn the program down as he was leaving. Number one, he waited till April 1st, so... But he could save University of Texas $1 million as if they're in the poorhouse down there in Austin. Uh, number two, he basically tried to take the entire office equipment with him, laptops, things like that. Number three, he has been – it's, it's, it's on record that he's talked down to recruits that Tech is trying to recruit about Texas Tech. He's tried to undermine the recruiting that Mark Adams has done. McCuller is doing none of that. McCuller is choosing to move on. He's he's choosing to move on to a, a position that, number one, he's going to be able to shine and show his game better at. But number two, he's going to get a better NIL deal, especially if he goes to Kansas. We know that they that he going to make good money at Kansas. So am I disappointed? Yes. Do I view Kevin McCuller as a traitor? No. Um, like I said, if, he, if he's at Kansas, I'm going to boo him at the USA. Doesn't mean that I wish ill on him. He's not. He's not Baker Mayfield. He's not talking bad about the program. He's just leaving. So, and this is part of the. This is part of the the game in twenty twenty two college sports. The you're you're not going to see players stay here four years. Most of your players, you might only see them one year. That stinks. Absolutely, it does. But. That's that's the reality, and you know there's there's a lot of been a lot of been a, a lot of weeping and gnashing of teeth with the NIL stuff. You know, colleges have been paying players forever. It's all been under the table. I mean, Oklahoma, SMU, A and M. I mean, they've all they all paid players. So I mean, the NIL is not a new. It's just a legalized form of what they were doing before. So it's not the end of college basketball as we know it. Blah blah blah, all that sort of stuff. It's it's just it's it's part of the game now and and you know I think tech is still very well positioned to do very well on the NIL front. You know, tech is not a poverty school, an impoverished school, no matter what other places think of us, no matter what even some tech fans think of, of Texas Tech. I think Texas Tech can do very well in this NIL era. You know, they tech has tech has millionaires too. <laughs> a lot of them. So I think they'll be fine. Uh, obviously, the recruiting process is still going on. You know, you've got um, uh, potentially Elijah Fisher coming uh, to Tech. That would be a huge get for for Mark Adams. I think they're going to be fine. Um, you know, you've you've got obviously you've got a couple of good transfers in. You know, and don't forget, you know, you've got Jalen Tyson who who basically practiced with the team since January. I think that he's going to be a huge asset. You've got Pop Isaacs coming in. You got Washington coming in. Uh, you're going to have a good quality team. I think you'll be fine. I think again, they're going to fly under the radar. I I would would not be shocked if they're unranked at the beginning of the season. I would not be shocked if they're picked, you know, 5th or 6th in the Big 12. By the way, get ready um Tech fans. They're going to pick UT to probably be second or third place. And that's just, I'm good with that. Let's fly under the radar again. It worked really well, worked really well this year. So I, this, this basketball program is going to be fine. 
and you know, McCuller, go to Kansas. We'll boo you. That's the way it goes. You know that. You know how the Raider ride is. So, anyway, uh, basketball is going to be good. That's the bottom line. So, we're going to go ahead and take our break. And then when we come back, it, we will take some listener questions. And welcome back to this week's edition of the Chris Carpenter Show. We're going to go ahead and get to some listener questions. Again, if you are wanting to ask me questions, you need to follow the official Twitter of the Chris Carpenter Show, which is at the C Carp Show. And you can either direct message me there or you can um, I usually tweet out and I tweeted out this Saturday. I was actually at the DFW airport when I did this. I tweet uh, tweet out that I'm gonna record. You can reply to that tweet and I will answer most most any and all listener questions. It doesn't even have to be sports related and we do we do have some non sports related questions today. So let's get to it. And our first question comes from Aaron from Fal, I think it's Fal Furious, and her question is: Everything now is multiverse or metaverse. What do you think of all that? I guess they're talking about the Doctor Strange, and certainly Doctor Strange is not the first. You know, flat the Flash did it in the TV series. Star Trek dabbled in it with the multiverse metaverse i'm not what is what exactly is metaverse i'm not sure but uh multiverse here here's the deal with the multiverse um number one it's a it's a way basically to reticon when you have uh continuity issues in, in a show but number two it's also a way to do a lot of fan service and certainly you know the last spider-man movie they were able to do some massive amount of fan service because you were able to have all three Spider-Men in the same movie. And I will tell you, when I was sitting in the theater, and I knew, I, I, I pretty much knew that Garfield and Tobey Maguire were in the movie. Um, and so when they showed up, everybody, ah! they were like clapping while, blah, 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 you know, in the theater. And I mean, it's fan service. And I have not seen the new Doctor Strange yet. I'm pretty confident we're going to have some fan service there. I'm pretty confident we're going to have Professor X because I think that's his voice in the trailer. I've also heard Deadpool might be in it. Who knows? I think this is going to be the way they're going to bring in the X-Men into the MCU. But, um, you know, again, it's it's a way to make more money because now you can you can market – Hey, this person's gonna. I mean, like the the Flash movie that's coming up in November. They're bringing back Michael Keaton as Batman. He hadn't been Batman since like nineteen ninety two, so it'll be over over thirty years. But there's a lot of people that that's that was the Batman movie they grew up on. They're gonna be like, oh, cool, Michael Keaton is Batman. Let's go, woo! So that's why they do it. Um, I know. I mean, I've got friends that say, oh, it's a cheat code, just like time travel. I don't know. I'm good with it, but I think they'll probably do it to death at some point and we'll, we'll, you know, we'll return. It'll cycle back around. So I'm not sure what the metaverse is other than in that's like the Facebook's new name. I have no idea. So sorry about the second part, but yeah, that's, I think that's why they do multiverse and I'm fine with it. I know some people aren't, but it different strokes for different folks, I guess. So next question, we've got Owen 
from Pleasanton. Does pineapple belong on a pizza? Yes, I like pineapple on pizza. I also like anchovies on pizza. And I, I always get weird looks. And when I've ordered anchovy pizza, people think I'm not serious about it. No, I'm, I like anchovies on pizza. So put whatever you want on pizza. I don't really care. Um, I've, here, here's, here's something weird about me. I don't like pepperoni. And I know that really makes me weird because most people are big on pepperoni. Never been a fan of pepperoni pizza. You know, when I was, I was like Kevin McAllister when I was little, you know, cheese pizza only, please. And then I kind of graduated gradually to sausage or, you know, meatball or, you know, like I said, anchovy is probably my absolute favorite. Not every place serves anchovy pizza though. So that's a special place when you find that. But, yeah, I, I'm good with pineapple on pizza. So, next question, Marvel or DC. So, this is a uh, multi-part question. Marvel or DC, Bond or Mission Impossible, Star Trek or Star Wars, Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter, Valerie from Waxahachie. So, let's take this in pieces. Marvel or DC? Well, Marvel has made the better movies, I think, by far. DC, I was a big fan of the Arrowverse on the CW. We had Arrow and The Flash. The Flash is still on. I think they're the only one left now. Supergirl. I would lean DC with the shows, although Marvel's getting better. Some of them are good. Moon Knight, I could not get into Moon Knight. So Moon Knight, ugh, I don't I didn't not a fan. So if you're looking for movies, Marvel is the place to go. DC I think the shows are better. DC's been very hit or miss on movies. You know, the I the 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 last Batman movie, the Batman Pattinson that was good. Joker was good. The Suicide Squad that came out last year, the one with John Cena, I thought that was pretty pretty strong, strongly well done. I was not a fan of the Justice League. Superman, uh, I'm just not, Superman is just, I'm not a fan of his. Part of it's just too powerful. So, but I would lean more towards Marvel on that end of things. Bond or Mission Impossible? Mission Impossible. I've never been a Bond fan. So, not, 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 you can come fight me. I I know that's a controversial take on that. But, yeah, Bond, I'm not a fan of Bond. More, More, I'd lean more towards Mission Impossible. Uh, Star Trek or Star Wars? Well, that's easy, Star Trek. Star Wars is very shallow. <laughs> I'm not going to offend people with that one. I like Star Wars, but I've always, I'm, I lean, I lean more towards Trek. Um, so, and I, and I will fully admit there's some bad Trek out there, but there's also some bad Star Wars out there for sure. Uh, Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter, Harry Potter. I can't, I've never been able to get into Lord of the Rings ever. So good questions. Got a couple more. Um, this is LBJ. I wonder if is Lyndon Baines Johnson? Is he living in Los Angeles? Or is it LeBron James? <laughs> China's favorite player from Los Angeles. If you had to pick one player to build your franchise around, Luka Doncic or John ja Morant? Ooh, that is a really good question. I think I would lean more towards Luka. Here's Luca's problem. He's got Mark Cuban as an owner. And Mark Cuban doesn't know how to build a team. Just ask Dirk. It is a crime to me that Dirk Nowitzki was only able to get one, one NBA title. And it wasn't Dirk's fault. 
it was Mark Cuban's inability to build a team around Dirk. And I think we're seeing the same thing with Luca. It, that Mark Cuban has an inability to build a team around Luca. So Luca, I would give if I'd give you some advice, go to another team cuz you're talented, but you got Mark Cuban that's he's too busy wanting to be, do other things to actually build a quality team around you. So I would probably lean Luca um and I'm not I'm not bagging on John Moran. John Moran's extremely talented and he's um, and again, I'm, I'm not an NBA expert, but from what I know and gleaned, he's had a very solid year. It's going to be interesting to see if he can, if he number one stays in Memphis and if they can build something special in Memphis. I think it'd be cool if they could. Um, you know, I, I think, I think sports is always better when you have multiple teams that have the ability to compete for a championship. And that, that's one of my big problems with the NBA is this whole super team concept. You basically disqualify three quarters of the teams from having a legitimate shot. And I, I think they're moving – There seems like we're moving a little bit away from these super teams or the super teams are flaming out. See the Brooklyn Nets, for example, or the, the Lakers. So, But I would probably lean uh, Luka. Um, if, if I was an NBA owner and if I was an NBA owner, I would not be Mark Cuban. I would actually hire a quality general manager. I would not be doing all the silly stuff behind the scenes. I would, I would, you know, my job as the owner finance the best team possible, hire a quality general manager, not be some sideshow like Mark Cuban. So last question, if tech baseball wins out, any chance they host a regional? This is Alice from Breckenridge. By the way, interesting fact about Breckenridge, that was one of the locations that was under consideration to be the home of Texas Tech back in 1923. So that would have been kind of wild. Uh, I think there's a chance, obviously, if they win out, I but I don't think they're going to win out. Um, I think it's going to be very difficult to get a sweep at Oklahoma State. I think it's going to be very difficult to win two out of three. I think that's doable because you got two very high-quality pitchers. But getting a sweep, you're you're asking a lot of that Sunday pitching rotation. And I've watched plenty of the Sunday Tech games to know that's a probably too tall of a task for the Sunday pitching staff. Now... Oklahoma, I think they could sweep Oklahoma, but that I think that's I think that's still going to be tough with the Sunday pitching staff. So certainly, if they if they do it, yes, because I think if you if they win out, I think they they win the Big Twelve um, to, uh, with the way the standings are. But I just I don't see that happening, and so I think I think you're firmly in the NCAA tournament unless you just I mean if you flame out next week and you get swept by Oklahoma State. And then you flame out the next week and lose that series. Yeah, then you're in trouble. I don't think that's going to happen. I think you have a very solid chance to win two out of three against Oklahoma State. I think even if you lose next week's series, you only maybe you lose two out of three, but you come back win the Oklahoma series. I think you're still firmly in the NCAA tournament, but you're gonna you're gonna be on the road, and you know 
we'll see what happens. It's going to be interesting to watch. So great questions. Again, um, if you want to ask a question, and even if you don't want to ask a question, I still, uh, you know, follow follow the official Twitter account of at The C-Carp Show. I'm, I'm almost to 250 followers. Love for you to be the 250th if you're listening out there. So um, we're going to take a break, and then we're going to come back with the Chris Carpenter Tip of the Week. And welcome back to the Chris Carpenter Show. It's now time for the Chris Carpenter Tip of the Week. And I want to do a tip for teachers out there. It was Teacher Appreciation Week this week, and uh, and again, I'm I don't want to come off as a martyr because I really hate that when teachers constantly gripe and complain about stuff. Yeah, it's tough sometimes, but all jobs are tough. But anyway, I, I do want to do a, a kind of a special encouragement for teachers, and I also want to give you a tip about if you want to appreciate teachers, what you can do. And it's really not going to be that difficult, but, uh, for teachers, the light we're, we can all see the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, practice patience. And I'm, I'm talking to myself as well, by the way, practice patience because we can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Students can as well, you know, Savor the time you have left with the, with these students, even even your difficult ones, okay? And you're almost there. Now, teacher appreciation, and I'm talking uh, as for me, but I think a lot of teachers, this is true too. I always appreciate gifts, and I had some students give me gifts this week, and I'm grateful for that. But I don't expect students to give me gifts. Okay. The greatest gift that a student can give me is a note, just a note, encouragement note, things like that. Because especially this time of the year, you you kind of feel like am I doing anything? Am I making a difference? And you know, for me, I, I keep I have like a whole file that I keep of just notes, encouraging notes notes from students, those mean a lot to me because that's when you can kind of see, oh, wow, yeah, I did have an impact. So, you know, if you're, if you're trying to find something to give, give your teacher, you really, I mean, you really don't have to go out and purchase something or buy something extravagant, you know, write them a note. And, and, you know, if you're in contact with any of your former teachers, you know, and we, we, we easily are because we got Facebook, other social media, you know, write them a note online, send them a message online. Um, you know, that, that means a lot when you get that and it kind of lights up your day. So write it, write them a note. So I will see you next week on the Chris Carpenter show and hope everybody has a good upcoming week prayers for all uh teachers and students i know testing is going to be be happening quite a bit this week we got this so hope i hope everybody has a great week and i will see you next week on the chris carpenter show